Welcome to the Living Stones podcast. These are a recording of our Sunday morning meetings. We pray that these will be a blessing to you. So please, enjoy listening. If you want to know more, please contact us at office at livingstoneschurch.co.uk. So a very warm welcome to everyone this morning. Uh, regulars and visitors, everyone. Uh, really welcome to join us at Livingstones Church as we gather together this morning. Um, I was thinking this, uh, earlier on this morning how actually uh, because my dad has been living with us and he's uh, become very frail, we couldn't leave him on his own. So one of us had to stay at home with him. And um, what a sacrifice that was not to come and join with our brothers and sisters, our friends, our fellowship, our church. Uh, and uh, actually now we've, we've had to um, put dad into a home so both of us can be here. It's what a privilege. What an amazing opportunity for us to come together on a Sunday morning. And when you miss it, you know how much you value it. So I was thinking, actually church is a bit like a casserole. Uh, as, yes, as we meet together uh, each week, we, we blend the ingredients together. And although you, it's usually the same sort of ingredients if it's the same casserole that you make regularly, but every one is just slightly different. And um, here we are today, we're in for a tasty meal together this morning as we share together this wonderful meal that God is going to uh, enjoy with us as we spend our time this morning. So it's like we're sharing together the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're sharing together the love of God, and we're sharing together the fellowship of the Holy Spirit as we gather. What a wonderful privilege to be here and be together in our Lord's presence this morning. So um, a verse that came to me from the scriptures. Uh, so at the end of Ephesians chapter 5, it says, uh, Do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, with hymns and spiritual songs. And uh, make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, why don't we do that? And we've got our musician who, lead, who leads us. So we're looking forward to having a time of uh, singing together, worshipping together with spiritual songs from our hearts. So Lord, we come to you this morning. We thank you that you're here with us. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ never leaves us. The love of God never leaves us. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with us. We praise your name, Lord, as we're here with your presence. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, Good morning, everyone. Morning. Everyone's tired. And <laughs> uh, yeah, it's January. <clears throat> um, we're going to use our fancy new Bibles. Did you notice? Don't they look nice? Um, so uh, please, could someone in between? So in between each um, song, I've got a, I've got a Bible verse. Obviously, you can call out Bible verses and pray as usual as you wish. Um, but I've got one that I would like somebody to read out. So before we sing the first song, could somebody read, please, Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. 
verses 8 to 11. If someone could read uh, Psalm 148, the whole of the psalm, not very long. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord from the heavens, praise him in the heights above, praise him in all his angels, praise him all his heavenly hosts, praise him sun and moon, praise him all you shining stars, praise him you highest heavens, and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He set them in place forever and ever. He gave a degree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean's depths. Lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his fine bidding. You mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on earth. Young men and maidens, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exhaled, excelled, exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. He has raised up for his people a horn, the praise of all his saints. Of Israel, the people close to his heart. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise him, you heavens, and all that's above. Let's give him a round of applause. You are great. You are great in power, God. You are great in glory. You are great in mercy. You are king of heaven. You are great in battle. You are great in wonder. You are great in Zion. You are king over all the earth. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Ellie. Thank you, church. That was just the hors d'oeuvre. We haven't even got onto the casserole yet. So, Justin, would you like to come and introduce our family time for this term? Good morning. So, start of a new, new year, new term, new quarter, whatever. Start of a new family time thing. Now, I bet that if I, well, I am going to ask you um, a simple question. Do you all have a favourite character either in a book that you keep coming back to or in a TV series or a film? Hands up. What, what keeps you reading a series or watching a series? 
Is it the characters? Yeah. Perhaps people like these. I did a little search of the top one, well, I think it was 130, and some were a bit obscure, uh, fictional characters that people keep coming back to. You've got things like Bridget Jones, James Bond, Tom and Jerry, uh, Bilbo Baggins. And this is, there's a link here. People feel comfortable reading, watching the same things, listening to the same bands. You may have a favourite album that you keep coming back to all the time because there's comfort in it. Somebody's probably going to sit there and say, my favourite's not up there or that's, that doesn't count as literature. <coughs> I believe it's no different with us when we come to Bible characters. If I asked all of you, in the count of three, shout out your favourite Bible character. We're going to get some different voices, but there may well be repeats. So on one, two, and I say three again, shout out your favourite Bible character. One, two, three. There you go. It all merges into one. But how many people said Jesus? Yeah, there you go. So there's some repeats. How many people said Joseph? Okay. But how many times have we read the same story time and time again? How many times have those of us who stand at the front or do children's work or have done children's work have taught the same thing, the same story, used the same scriptures? Yes, inspired by God, bringing out something different every time. This again, according to the good old internet is the top favourite Bible stories of publishers of favourite Bible story books. Now those of us who used to sell them, um, you know, all the children's Bibles or the favourite children's Bibles, somebody will come in and say, um, my um, second grandchild is being christened or baptised or dedicated and we want to buy them a favourite children's story book, but we don't want the one we bought last year. We don't want this one, that one, that one, that one, because that's what everybody else gave them. Can we have something different? And you sit there and say, yeah, okay, this one's come out new. Has it got any different stories in it? Nope. <laughs> There's comfort in it. Sometimes we don't want to be challenged. So our family time theme is going to be obscure Bible characters. Some of them will not be obscure to the scholars amongst us. Um, some of them will be and you're probably already looking up there thinking, well, I know that story and I know that story. And we've got Esther there. Well, Esther's not obscure, but there is an obscure character in Esther who we are going to look at. Yeah. Jeanette's got it. But these characters are not in the Bible by mistake. Some of the stories are challenging. Some of the stories may, on the first read, possibly offend our 2023 uh, aesthetics of how we think life should be. But the Bible is, wasn't written in 2023, and the Old Testament definitely wasn't. And these stories teach us something about God, which I think sometimes as modern church, we forget. So, 
I'm not going to make any apologies. There is um, some violence in some of these stories. There is blood and gore in one or two of these stories, but there is stories of redemption. There is stories of God's power and love at work. So over the next number of weeks, the Family Time team, um, some would thank me, some may not, have got obscure characters to research and bring the best out of. Ellie's already making faces. She's <laughs> obviously looked at the rotor. Our prayer is that God brings something new from stories perhaps we haven't read, um, books of the Bible perhaps we haven't even focused on. Not all of us read it th- have read it all the way through. Not all of us have read the stories and actually then researched the stories after. Some of these books can be difficult. So our other prayer is perhaps this will um, spark in you a deeper look at the judges or... Um, even Chronicles, Numbers, the books that sometimes when you're doing your yearly Bible reading, you think, can we get through this list of numbers? But they're there for a reason. Let's see what God brings. Father, I want to thank you for this book of the Bible. Um, It is so familiar in lots of places because we love it. And it is your um, interaction with us daily. But there are parts of it which either we just skip over because we don't understand it or we find it difficult or um, challenging or it doesn't fit um, perhaps what we feel we want the Bible to tell us at that point. But that's not why you've given it to us. You've given it to us to get closer to you, to learn more about the awesomeness of our God and how you have a plan and you're in charge and all these stories tie in to how that plan has got to where your creation is today and what your promise and hope for us is. We pray that if we're looking at some obscure characters over the next few months, we will learn something new, we'll learn it together, we'll have some fun, we'll have some giggles, but ultimately you will teach us something that we all need to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Justin. We look forward to it. Right. At this point, um, we're going to send off our children to their own uh, church, which will be with their groups. And so um, we let you go, and uh, we stay here, uh, and uh, the older ones. So if you want some more coffee or a little break now, we can have one. Um, However, we normally have an offering, don't we? at this point, but we can have a casserole without meat today. <laughs> we can have a veggie one. So we haven't, for some reason, uh, we haven't got, oh, Justin's going to get get our offering basket and our uh, children's offering. Before you go, children, we'll have your uh, offering. Um, do you know how to put up the three... Ugandan children from Kabubu. Now, um, we have been, as a church, we have been supporting these three children with our children's offering every week, subsidized by our general giving, for a very long time. And Deo is now at university in the top corner there. He's doing music in Kampala. He plays drums, and he is so good 
that he has been selected by their BBC equivalent to actually play sometimes for a back, uh, as background music for them. That's amazing. He is a most amazing Christian young man. He writes letters to us from time to time. I really want to praise God for him and what our gifts have done because without him, he wouldn't have been to school at all. Now here he is at university. He comes back to Kabubu, which is the village that we support every Sunday where he leads a band in their worship time and um, he's really faithful to the Lord and to his own village. So praise God. We thank you, Lord, for what you have done for Deo and we lift him up to you now, Lord, and pray that you'll continue to bless him. Fill him with your Holy Spirit. Lead him and guide him, Lord, as he finishes off his music degree. And uh, we pray you'll guide him into the f his future, whatever it is he wants to do, because we'll only be supporting him for another year, and then he's finished. How amazing. We've looked after that boy uh, through our gifts all those years of his life. Thank you, Lord, for his family. He thanks us every time and uh, when he writes... And he's so grateful for what we've d been able to do for him. So thank you, Lord. Angela is still at school, but you can see she's really growing up now. And little Francis is uh, he's 10 or 11 now, and he too is growing up. They're still at the school in Kabubu. So bless them, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the offering. Oh, I'm so sorry. I got carried away. I got carried away with, uh, yeah, with, with Deo. Okay. Right. Here we go. Have we got anyone who wants to hold? I'll hold. So anyone with any little offerings for um, our Kabubu friends? And then um, after we've had a short break for coffee, I'll hand over to Rob. Hello, hello. Hello, welcome back. Hope that everybody is um, fully charged. Oh, wow, Robin, I didn't realise there were that many props. <laughs> um, before Jeanette... Oh, is that right? <laughs> I hope so. Um, before we before we move on and um, before we come to our talk from uh, Jeanette this week, um, I wanted to have a quick chat with Robin. And as I'm sure many of you remember, um, for a lot of last year, it was quite hard to hear Robin, to be honest. Uh, and more more than normal, people were leaning in when he was praying, trying to say, "What's he saying? What can I what can I understand from this?" But things were well, things weren't weren't straightforward Robin that's right you you received a diagnosis what 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 happened what was going on no I got cancer in my uh, vocal cords but that was the second time the first time I had it they gave me a laser treatment one off laser treatment and that was it this time it, uh, I had to have um, radiotherapy and I remember that um 
at the time when you were diagnosed, you came up and we and we prayed for you. And I know that we weren't the only ones praying for you. But what was the, so you said you had radiotherapy? And what was the course of treatment? How long? Oh, you got some props. Here we go. So there we go. Oh my word! And so, Robin, you had to, you had, you had to wear that every. That's that's like a Halloween mask. You had to like, and you had to wear that for your treatment. That is the. Um, this is what they made, but I had one in London. It wasn't. I've got another one. I have two of those, but it's not so good as that. I just give a bit of a, a history of this. Because when I went there, it's interesting, I think, and also I think God was sort of in it. Because you know the boy who did this, made this. Guess where he was from? Can anybody guess? No! <laughs> no! <laughs> I thank can you saying that anyway. That's true. <laughs> That's where we should. <laughs> You've got my point. <laughs> uh, no! Guess another place, another place. No, he was from Nepal. He was a lovely chap. But this, I just say a quick, a quick thing of it because it is helpful. No, no, I can't. Shall I hold it? And you go There we go. You can tell we practice this. And so, Robin, you were you were using this. You were using this every week. Every, no, every week. On. Oh, no, you got more. There we go. The first month of my treatment, I wasn't too bad. But the next month, oh, Ruth can say how bad. I was terrible. I kept coughing. I couldn't sleep. They gave me medicines, and I took that, which helped. But it sort of, I thought, this is, this is, is it grotesque, but... Uh, but in a sense, it's funny because I felt when I went over there on the bus, I was reading the scriptures and I was... I f <laughs> I, f I felt the presence of God, in a sense, more in the treatment and, the, and the, all the problems than the... You know, when you go through difficulties... Sometimes God has to come out, or what you do, you go crazy. Mm. You know, and I think some people, sadly, because I knew the Lord, I was helped emotionally, because it was very emotional, um, um, traumatic time. And also I thought of the Jewish people, because, you know, we were getting involved with the Holocaust, and I won't say too much about that, but. You know, you think, well, what did they go through? <laughs> so, so there was a sort of a, and also I met people over there, which was just divine. I met one chap, and he actually, I sat down with him and had a, a nice chat with him, and he actually was involved with the, the university, employed him. He was a student, but they helped him to promote the, transgender thing in Brighton and I sat down with him and I wasn't didn't want her to be angry with him but I thought this isn't right you know and that this sort of conflict of spiritual forces is going on 
Well, they've cleared me of the um, train. They, they said it's all right now. And, uh, but I'm still a bit squeaky. And, but we're still sort of... But God's blessed us. And, and um, I'd just like to leave you anyway before... And then I'll finish. Yeah, you've got a word, yes. Robin, let me pray for you before you sit down. Heavenly Father, thank you for our brother Robin. Thank you, Lord, for his his love for you and his love for telling people about you, Lord. And Father, I pray that in this next season that you've that you've blessed him with, Lord, I pray that he'll have more opportunities to tell people more about you, to have those conversations that sometimes we find difficult, sometimes we find awkward. Yet Robin sometimes somehow um, managed to find a way to to get the conversation there. Lord, we pray um, for continued good health for him. We thank you for those incredible answers to prayer that we've had with Robin over the last year. Father, would you continue to bless him and Ruth and their family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, thank you for this town. I just say thank you for this town with this international sort of background and, and mission under the surface. Pray that it might be blossom. You know that it might blossom and as the trees thank you Robin I'll keep that Jeanette would you like to come oh sorry I caught you mid mid slurp there sorry <laughs> Let me, I'll just put this on uh, here for now uh, yeah. right so the next step on Hebrews we're going to be accelerating in 2023 and two two Hebrews sessions per month exciting we'll make progress let's make progress now heavenly father thank you for Jeanette thank you lord for her um, her way of taking your word and bringing it back to us in ways that fall uh, so well on our ears lord father I pray that the words that she brings to us today will speak into our minds speak into our hearts lord there'll be further revelation of you your plan for us and our just a, a, a greater deeper understanding of our relationship with you Jesus in your holy name amen there is only one Robin. He will never be repeated. And it's wonderful. So that was so good. I've lost him. Oh, there he is. Thank you, Robin. And anyone who wants to know the Lord more, I suggest you get on the 12X bus, sit on the top, and do it daily to Brighton. Um, and you will meet with the Lord. It's, um, it, firstly, it's a stunning trip on top of the 12X bus. And... Um, Yes, I had many a time with the Lord when I was going there daily. I know the bus well. <laughs> yeah. But it is. We are really accelerating now with Hebrews, which is wonderful. And um, twice a month until July, we've got some outside speakers coming in. Um, and then homegrown ones interspersed with all of that, which is great. My, my desire is that you make Hebrews your go-to book for the next six months, all right? Because we will be going right up to the end of July for when the church doesn't close, but does something different for August. Um, so get to know it. Get to, get to uh, immerse yourself, marinate yourself. No, not marinate. See, I'm such a, I'm such a cook. Marinate. <laughs> yourself in it. It is, it is the stew. That's what I was alluding in my own special way 
<laughs> I'm currently reading a book called The Christ Key, Unlocking the Centrality of Christ in the Old Testament. Um, now, I can't say I am understanding every single word of this book, um, and it takes me quite a while at times to read a sentence and make... The fact it's in English is not that helpful, really, because I still don't understand it. Um, but it is a fascinating book, and I am enjoying um, going through it. And he spends quite a bit of the time at the beginning comparing the Hebrew mindset to our 21st century mindset and how really we have to grasp and embrace more of the Hebrew mindset if we are to understand the scriptures in a fuller and more complete and life-enhancing way. And um, there's a bit that this, this guy, Chad Bird, um, speaks about, and I am hoping I am going to at least begin this teaching by putting it into a simple term that we can all, we can all uh, understand. If I said the words back to the future to you, what would come up in your mind? Film. Yeah, plutonium-empowered DeLorean. Marty McFly. 1985 was the first film, and uh, I remember going. And in those days, we didn't have very good um, special effects, so this was really quite mind-boggling, the, uh, the uh, Back to the Future. Now, what I want you to do is to remember the title and forget the film for now, okay? So we're going to hold on to Back to the Future. You see, it's still early January. We've still got the bulk of 2023 ahead of us. And we may have already made plans. We may have already booked holidays. I know some people have, because I'm already getting booked up with house and pet sitting for the year. So people are making plans. But we know, <laughs> we only have to remember 2020 to recognize that all plans can go to pot. And, um, uh, and how really the plans that we make have to be held lightly on flat palms, not grasped hold of, they must happen, but lightly and gently, knowing that they could be changed at any moment. But you see, although we don't know what 2023 is going to bring, we can remember quite a bit of 2022. Or we can remember a special birthday in 2017, or the birth of a child in 1995. There are times that we will not forget in our life. And that is the Hebrew mindset we are encouraged to have. It says, in order to know the future, we have to look back. It's back to the future. The Hebrew mindset says, read the scriptures 
as though you are walking backwards into the future. Because all we know is what has happened. So our future is unknown, unseen. We have no idea. The only thing we know is what has happened. So the Hebrew mindset says, walk in faith dependent on what you know. So when we read the scriptures, it is the revelation of Jesus from the very beginning, from Genesis. And the more we look back, the greater our faith and expectation builds, the more we know that Jesus' promises are yes in Christ, that we can walk with faith ahead. So the author, Chad Bird, says this, just like we can't see what is behind us, so we can't see the future. It is hidden from us at our backs. And he uses two words. In fact, he keeps comparing Hebrew words, akarit and akaron. And it's the same root cause, the same root to the word back and future. And he, I know, it's like... <laughs> As you can see, I have to read the paragraph an awful lot. Um, and he says, therefore, in the Hebrew way of thinking, we walk backwards into the future with our eyes on what has been in order to know what will be. And this is the quote I take. The past is our eye to the future. And it's like, okay, that I think our past what I know is the eye to the future, the unknown. Because God has been faithful, consistent, everything in the past, I can walk faithfully in the unseen because of the guarantee our God is faithful. He does not change. He is constant and consistent. So we look at the book of Hebrews, and of course, that's what we've got. It's the most Hebrew of the New Testament. Paul, I think you had to go with a lot of, when you did, you had a lot of Old Testament quotations, didn't you, that was part of your remit for, for speaking. And you'll find that the book of Hebrews got more Old Testament quotes in it than any other book in the thing. It's because if you remember the target audience, and always when we're looking at this, target audience are the Hebrews in the first century AD. Jesus has barely got cold <laughs> and descended into heaven before this letter is written to these Jews, the Messianic Jews, the one who have dared to believe that Jesus is the promised one. So they're the target audience here. They're the ones who have been scattered because of their faith. They're the ones that are despised now by Orthodox Jews and by the Romans. It was tense time. If you remember, it was written between 67 and 69 AD. And Jerusalem was sacked. The temple was destroyed 
in AD 70. So we've got this build-up of tension anyway. They have been dispersed. They are holding on to this very young faith without the privilege of the New Testament that we've got. And that's why this letter, this book, has got so many Old Testament scriptures, because they're the ones they wouldn't, aha, aha, the whole way through. Based on the, the past, these new believers have faith in the future. Jesus is the one who was promised. And we, of course, are the secondary audience in all of this, the readers. So we are now at Hebrews 3, verse 1. But if you look, you'll see it begins with, therefore. Well, therefore always means, based on what went before us, um, <laughs> we are now going to look at something else. Well, of course, um, Mandy, it's a month ago since we last looked at the book of Hebrews, and Christmas has been in the interim too. So the chances of any of us remembering what happened in the second half of Hebrews 2 is slim. So I'm going to start reading at Hebrews 2, verse 16, and we're going to go on to Hebrews 3, verse uh, 6. Okay. So Hebrews 2, verse 16. For surely it is not angels, he, that's Jesus, helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being my excitement of it all. Right, therefore, <laughs> holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Right. This scripture is worth it. Okay, uh, so we'll go from verse 3. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was as a faithful... No, Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. But Christ is faithful as the son over God's house, and we are his house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and hope in which we glory. Now, I've given this sermon the title, A Shocking Statement, but it's not to us. <laughs> it's not a shocking statement to us at all. But it was, it was to these first century Jews. It, this, 
this was beyond mind-blowing, quite frankly. Remember, for 1,600 years, the Jews had been trying to follow faithfully with a little success, but mainly great failure, um, the Mosaic Law. Moses was the man. He was top dog. What Moses said went. At least they believed it went, even if they didn't live that out. He was it. And then to these, these scared, they, they must have been anxious, anxiety-ridden, uh, messianic believers, this letter comes to them and says, guess what? Jesus is top dog. After 1,600 years, there is a change. And he quotes quite rightly. He goes like, I'm going to prove this. Let's go back to the Old Testament. And he does Numbers 12. Now, he only actually quotes one verse, but I want to do a little more. So that's Numbers 12, and I'm going to do verses 6 to 9. And at this point, we've got Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, brothers and sisters. All of them have a calling from God. We've got um, Aaron, who is the high priest. We've got uh, Miriam, who is a worship leader and a prophet. And, of course, we've got Moses, who is called to lead up to two million people eventually out in the wilderness. So this is, this is a rather called family in, in the purposes of God. But at this point, we've got sibling rivalry. We've got Miriam and Aaron going, does God only talk to Moses? And he, talk, he talks to us, he talks in us, he talks through us. Surely it's not only Moses. All right, so they're having a gripe. And God, not surprisingly, pulls them up. And he says this, listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him, I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Now, it was known, if you saw the Lord, you died. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And it says, the anger of the Lord burned against them, and he left. And of course, Miriam was um, struck with leprosy at that point. But look at that. I speak with him face to face, clearly. He sees me. He knows me. I speak in him, I speak through him. No wonder Moses was considered top dog. 
But what we've got in this passage in Hebrews is this thing that Moses was the chief servant in God's house. There's two critical words here. Moses is in God's house. Jesus is over God's house. And this is the critical difference. You see, Moses was entrusted with the organization, the smooth running of the household, that in the household meaning the body of Christ, journeying across the wilderness. He was like the general manager. Moses, we know, he met regularly with God. Moses relayed God's expectations to the chosen people via the tablets of stone. And then you go into uh, Numbers and Leviticus and, and all of that too. Moses interceded on, on the people's behalf. Do you remember with the golden calf? And, uh, and I love it. God, God, instead of them being my people, God, God, God says to Moses, your people are down the mountain. Your people are basically causing chaos. <laughs> and he wants to kill them all. And it is Moses as the chief intercessor that says, don't kill them. What will everyone else think of you if you kill your chosen people? So Moses alone sticks up for this. I mean, that bloke must have been under so much stress. Ugh. Moses was the man. And yet, and I always, poor Moses, one act of disobedience denied his entry into the promised land. God said to him, speak to the rock and the water will come out. And the people hit, had, had just, just taken him to the brink of madness and he grabs Aaron's staff and he strikes the rock twice. Like, you want water? Here's water. And water did come out. And God said, for that, you will never, you will not enter my rest. It's like, oh. But that's it. Moses was the faithful servant in God's house. It says in verse 5, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. But Christ is the faithful son over God's house. Remember what Chad Bird said, the past is our I, the future. Moses served within God's church, God's body. Jesus is the maker of God's body. Jesus planned the construction of his church. Jesus became the cornerstone of the church. He is the foundation of the church. He is the cement, the Holy Spirit, that unifies us. What on earth links us together? I mean, look at us. You know, at times we have a, 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 an interest 
like talking football. So, but what links us is the Holy Spirit. The cement that holds the living stones together is the Spirit of Christ. Jesus is also the master of the church. His style, the style of his house, his body, reflects his character. All the colors are chosen by him. The soft furnishing is chosen by him. We are his people. It is his home, a place of belonging. And for us, compliance and belonging. You see, we, like Moses, are servants in Christ's body. And Jesus is the head. He is the creator and he is the head. So when, when this writer says Jesus is greater than Moses... It also means that what we receive is greater than what the people of, of Moses' time received. You know, look at verse 1 of chapter 3. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters, look at what we're called. Not that ragtag down at the bottom of the mountain that God wants to disown and says to Moses, they're your people not mine, who share in the heavenly calling. Fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as, look, our apostle and high priest. Apostle, the one who brings the good news. And high priest, the one who intercedes at all times. You know, if we go back to chapter 2 in Hebrews, verse 11, this is where we get the, the, this is why we're called holy brothers and sisters. It says, both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. Well, I do quite enough for him to be ashamed that I'm a part of his family. Talk about black sheep of the family. But he doesn't. But he doesn't. And as I've said on, on Christmas Day with this kind of new understanding in, in John 1.13, as Jesus himself was born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a human's will, we are born again of that very same, in that very same way. We are born again not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will. We are born again the same way Jesus was born. Truly amazing. Truly amazing. And there we are. We can't help it. We have, we are God's 
in God's family. We are brothers and sisters of Christ. We are heirs with him. We are co-heirs with him. As Jesus himself is greater than Moses, our inheritance is so much greater than a plot of land in a decaying world. And Jesus doesn't call us servants, even though we are. He calls us friends. He calls us brothers and sisters. He calls us the beloved. And we share in the heavenly calling. We're not called to this dusty patch, Israel. We are called to so much more. And that is today. We don't have to wait until how, however many years we die and, and move on. We are now. Because we're new creations, we are here as part of the inheritance, as part of the new heaven and the new earth. We are pointers to more. And fortunately, unlike, unlike the Hebrews in Moses' time, our inheritance doesn't depend on our ability to obey. Praise God. <laughs> Jesus fulfilled the requirements so that we can reap his reward. Say in John 1.17, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Is it any wonder then that the writer of Hebrews says, so fix your thoughts, because elsewhere in the Bible it's fix your eyes. Now that word fix actually isn't used much. I, I did look it up. It's like, so where else is it used, this word fix? It actually means perceive, remark, observe, understand and it's used when Jesus talks about consider the ravens that's the same word consider the wild flowers consider the birds in the sky it's remark observe understand it is also before we think we're totally wonderful it is also used about the speck of sawdust in someone else's eye rather than the plank in your own. Why do you um, remark, observe, perceive, understand the speck in someone else's eye and haven't a clue about your own shortcomings? <laughs> anyway, the main thing here, and I, I will close shortly, the main thing is here is that for 1,600 years, people focused on the law on the do's, on the don'ts. The main thing the Hebrew writer is saying to these new believers, focus on the person. They would learn that the Messiah, Jesus, is the way, the truth, the life. And all that is gone before, the back to the future, points to this one person.
so they can learn from the riches of what they know and walk in faith to where they do not what they do not know. So just as um, the Exodus is greater than that of Hebrews, our Exodus is so much greater from sin to salvation, from death to life. Our success, our walk, is not dependent on what we do, but on what Jesus has done. So what's my encouragement as people make plans to stride purposely forwards in 2023? What is my encouragement? Um, that we walk backwards into the future. Um, marveling at God's plans, his purpose, his working out over thousands of years and the fulfillment of God's truth that has already been achieved. So we can relax in and rely on God's faithfulness because he's not going to stop in 2023. I think that's one prophecy that, that is correct. Whatever other prophecies come our way in 2023, one is God is not going to stop being God. So I think we can happily do that. Now, is it dangerous to walk backwards? You may ask yourself. Because I was, I was thinking, when did it stop? Do you remember in the, in the presence of royalty, people did not turn their back on royalty. They just kept walking backwards. So I went to the professor of history, Dr. Google, and found out when, because they had stopped doing that. And it started in medieval times, which I think we all knew this, you know, uh, um, it stopped in 2009 because health and safety. <laughs> I know, I know. They were worried that someone would get injured in Buckingham Palace walking backwards and sue. And so they changed it. So now you'll see they'll just nod, walk, and before they leave the room, they'll nod again. I know. See, sadly, that is all you're going to remember from this morning, isn't it? <laughs> You know, you do all this biblical truth. But did you know that in 2009 they stopped walking backwards? Anyway, <laughs> this is not health and safety, okay? We walk backwards, marveling, tracing the patterns of God so that we can, in confidence, walk in faith and not by sight. You see, whatever we do, whether someone else will end up like we've been on the, um, on, on the bus to Brighton. You know, we don't know what's going to befall us this year. There may be one or two on the top deck of 12X this year. We have no idea. But what we can do is look back to go towards the future and marvel at marvel that we have been chosen to be part of this path. So it is faith and not sight that we are going to walk. Let's pray.
Now, I'm afraid I learned Hebrews 11.1 in the 1984 version of NIV, <laughs> and I can quote that. I can't quote the new, the new version. Faith, uh, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And our hope is a living hope, a sure and certain, an anchor in the storms of life. Our hope is behind the curtain, and Jesus, who is seen as the curtain, is taken away. We can see the Father. We can see God and live. We can talk face to face with the Father. We can see clearly because we have God's word to dwell on, to ponder, to consider. It's 2 Corinthians 1.20, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So Father, as we just mull over this, that Jesus is greater than Moses, our exodus is greater than the historical exodus. Our inheritance is now and not yet. And the promises that he will never leave us nor forsake us. That is the Amen, all to the glory of God. Amen.